Hello, and welcome to the Christchurch Fox Chapel podcast. The fastest growing conservative, evangelical, charismatic, Anglican, non-denominational podcast in the entire Fox Chapel and Cranberry area. I say this because Ben's got COVID and a different pastor is joining me today. Hello. Justin Cassidy, welcome. <laughs> welcome. Uh, thank you for having me. You're a pastor at uh, Crossroads Church North. Yep. Uh, North, yep. Crossroads Church, Pittsburgh North. And yeah. uh, we've known each other, I think, for what, six months or so, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's been longer than I think I realized, but it was at least pre-Christmas that yeah. I started coming. Yeah. This is your kind of hideout church yes. on your day off. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so Saturday, I, I attend the Saturday services. I guess it'd be fair to say um, kind of a member. I mean, I haven't gone through membership classes, but I'm here every, you know, I try to be here every week, so. Yeah, I know, you're one of our most regular members, <laughs> and you actually run your own church. Yeah, yeah. What well, well, what I do is I just steal your sermon, and then I just go and, and say it at my church. That's I know, I've watched it on YouTube, and you yeah. say it better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What I, I love, uh, I love that we do this. And what's fascinating about meeting another pastor from another church is, uh, you know, we've discovered that I think me, you, and Ben basically agree on everything, mm, yes. which is really fun because that old kind of idea of siloed denominations, mm. those guys over there, they think this and right. we think that, and we, you know, we're all enemies. And it turns out actually, um, it's not just the basics we agree on. There's all this crazy detail. Right, right. And that's, I think, you know, we, we've split ourselves up so unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you find out like, oh, actually, I love the gospel and so do you. And this is awesome. Like, we should be, you know, hand in hand together, brothers and sisters. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like a little little vision of what it could and should be like. And, mm, amen. You know, some of the... Uh, the the uh, the Church of England where I come from is mm. is really kind of everything. So mm. all the denominations you have in the US are found under one roof over there. Mm. And uh, in the US, I think just being more of a melting pot, you've got all these different denominations. You know, the Lutherans come from wherever it is, Scandinavia, and mm. you've got sort of Swiss people and Germans, and you've got Presbyterians from Scotland, and it's, mm. you know. And then what we find out is actually over these several hundred years, we've all been reading the same book. Yeah, you know, and that's that's <laughs> the thing, right? Is like, if we just open up the book and take a good read, we'll come to a lot of similar answers. The enemy's been lying to us. Yes. And uh, we're looking at these lies in, in our series. Today's lie is a great one for Allegheny County, mm. really. Mm. Uh, a great one for America. And that is, you should be comfortable. Mm. So Satan slithers in and uh, what we find is Jesus uh, is very uncomfortable mm, right you know he's in real need in the wilderness he's he's hungry satan preys on all of that and and uh we're digging into it what's interesting is that jesus is is kind of recapitulating or fixing some old stuff from from deuteronomy and wilderness talk and right. the people of god and god's provision and were they faithful and many many questions swirling around yeah that, like that that's like the really interesting part of this whole thing is mm. how much deuteronomy has to do with what jesus specifically here but then also i mean just the whole context mm-hmm. and it's so important for people to be reading the old testament um i read De- deuteronomy in a week i just sat down and said i'm gonna just oh, that's cool you know get all of this in because there's so many things you you need to get from that to really get a great grasp in the new testament really yeah no, that's really that's really good. Um, and then Ben said, I think last week that that um, everything Jesus quotes is actually from Deuteronomy. 
in, in his yep. response to Satan. Exactly. Um, so here's, here's, uh, we'll start with Luke 4, but we'll definitely need to, to jump around a bit. But uh, in, in Luke 4, which I'm not looking at on my screen right now, Luke 4, hear that typing? Uh, we'll look at just uh, verse 3. So, well, actually, I'll dig back a little bit. So verse 2, for 40 days being tempted by the devil, and he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. <laughs> and the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, brackets in Deuteronomy 8, Man shall not live by bread alone. So here we find Jesus in the wilderness 40 days. Right. He's hungry. Satan says, Here you go. Make some, you should be comfortable. Mm. Do you want something to eat? Right. Why don't you just make some bread? Yeah. Why don't you make this wilderness a little bit less wild? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Settle in. That, that's great. Like, you know, that, 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 that call to comfort is so hard in one way because it's, I like, I eat bread, you know, he's not calling him to do anything sinful. No. You know, it, it's bread. It's comfort. It's good. Yeah. And you, you know, it's like, but where is this coming from? Mm-hmm. What's the source? Who's who's calling me to this? Is and the reality is, is if you're finding comfort in anything that's not God, mm-hmm. that that's that's death covered in chocolate. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and actually, we find it so much uh, harder, I think, to see the need for God when mm-hmm. we are comfortable. Right. So why does Satan want us comfortable? To numb us. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be busy. We're going to mm. be looking after other things. Mm. We're now going to be worried about things we've acquired, yep. you know. And how often is that, right, where yeah. you spend your time just trying to keep the things you've already have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so you've, um, you know, mortgage, you know, you have a mortgage you're trying to pay. You got car payments. You got all these things that you already have, but you've tied yourself to them. Mm. And, you know, you, you work like a dog to enjoy them for how long, you know, yeah. to, I mean, like there, there's the eternal aspect of like mm-hmm. you get them for a very short time, but then also you work over 40 hours just to afford the house that, you know, you come home, sleep and then go right back to work. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's just, again, it, it's chocolate coated death. It's chocolate coated. You know, you think you're getting something sweet mm-hmm. and then the inside, it's just, it's rotten. Oh, it's like that prank where you, you literally dip an onion in chocolate and then you give it to a kid and say, you have this thing. That must be an English thing. I've it's never... Very, it's very... Well, you know the toffee apple that you sort of see at the fairground? Yeah. And it's so yeah. you just you stick an onion in there instead of an apple and it's, it's That it's is hilarious. horrible. <laughs> it's just actually very cruel. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a terrible thing. <laughs> so like in your Ooh. church, if you start handing these things out, right. folks will know where it came from. <laughs> the... Uh, the the uh, you know I mean even it's this human nature okay mm. so it's not just a matter of, oh the rich people are bad it's human nature right I got my car seven mm. years old nice car uh, I just got it washed mm. and I I went for the nice one with the wax and everything so really really cool mm-hmm. and then I'm like I don't want to drive this because mm-hmm. it's gonna not look like this anymore yeah uh, and and then it was it was like a rainy day oh, well uh, I said to cat you know let's take your car love and and then anyway um, the punishment came. Uh, I, there's a new bird nest mm. in the tree outside our house and I parked my car on the bombing run oh, and it's no. been destroyed. And it's not just landed on the glass. It's yeah. gone into the grill at the front and oh. just trashed the whole front of the car. So, so I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> but it, it became a little idle. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a car. I've, I've owned this car for four years, you know. Right. It's just, it's, 
a normal car, but well, and it's crazy the things we can make idols. Like yeah. I mean, anything. Mm-hmm. You know, John Calvin talks about like our hearts are idol factories, and we make oh. oftentimes these silly, um, silly things, these idols. But then there's something behind that, right? Like mm-hmm. your seven year old car is an idol because what well, you put an effort to clean that, and because yeah. you are so worthy of your own, you know, worship and praise. Well, we shouldn't mess this up because you would be stepping on my glory and my my hard work. And it's like, and then people. Well, they won't see how great I am because I've got this shiny <laughs> right, thing. They'll, right. see, they'll just see this guy driving around with filth all over the front. Yes, yeah, and then yeah and, yeah. The, yeah, and it's just it's crazy the, the silliness that we. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it, and every idol is silliness and doesn't make sense because evil doesn't make sense. But you know, <laughs> we we just we continue to do it. Yeah. We continue to find yeah. things over and over again. Yeah. Uh, speaking of patterns, mm-hmm. I, I think it's useful just to look at Deuteronomy eight. Yeah which uh, is really the, the thing that's being uh, fixed and dealt with and quoted in, in Luke 4. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed that you turned to your paper Bible quicker than I did my computer one, which has been a source of great banter and conflict on this podcast. Well done. Um, <laughs> so I, we're not going to read the whole of Deuteronomy 8. It's, mm-hmm. just, it's just quite long. Um, but uh, the chapter makes it really clear, the wilderness period. Mm-hmm. I'm quoting here from the ESV Study Bible. Uh, was was not only a punishment but also a test while contesting the deprivation of the wilderness with the abundance of, uh, sorry uh, contrasting the deprivation of the wilderness with the abundance of the land the chapter implies that the land itself is also a test mm. so in other words um y- you learn in the wilderness how to rely on god mm. and when things become plentiful actually if you've not learned those wilderness lessons, you're going to be distracted by all this stuff. Mm. So um, here, uh, for example, just to pull out a few bits and pieces from the chapter, uh, you know, God is promising in the wilderness to the people of God, they're in there for 40 years in the wilderness, which is kind of relevant to the 40 days that Jesus is also in the wilderness. And he says, you know, I'm going to to give you this land of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey. And you can imagine if you're hungry and thirsty and Mm. and, um, you you hear these things. Yeah. And food talk. There's always food talk when you're hungry. Um, A land which you will eat bread without scarcity. Mm. Uh, That's that's a wonderful little uh, sort of image of God's provision. It's going to be really wonderful. But then he says in verse... Uh, 11, take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and rules and statutes. So in other words, um, you know, lest when you've eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God. So there's that that idea that right. the more we have, the more we forget. Yeah, it, uh, a practical example of this is uh, my dad. He does uh, heating and air conditioning mm. for a living. Yeah, and uh, he has like he'll do side jobs as well. Um, and he would say, you know, it always felt like God would just give him just enough that that he would still need to pray for side mm. jobs to say, mm. Lord, I need I need this money, I need this work. And he felt like it was better for him to be week by week getting a new job once yeah. a week than to have them all lined up and then he, d- he didn't need to pray. Right. And I think that, you know, that, that there's that, I mean, that's really what it's talking about there. Mm-hmm. Once you get all this stuff, uh, if, if you haven't learned that this stuff is just take it or leave it and that God's it, yeah, man, you, you're going to fall in love with this stuff and you'll be right back to the wilderness. 
Yeah. yeah. In, in surrounded by plenty. Right. But you'll be in, you're in the wilderness. Right. It, yeah. Well, um, and, and that's, and that's really, I mean, even this is, is a re- recapitulation mm-hmm. of what happens nice. in the garden, right? Where nice. he's surrounded by plenty. Nice. He has everything he could have. Yeah. And well, he, he sins and then that throws him out. He gets kicked out of the garden. Mm-hmm. He gets thrown out into the wilderness. For his own good. Yep. For his own good. But the, the penalty of sin is separation from God. Right. And that is what true, truly the wilderness is, is separation from God. Yeah. To be out of his presence. And, you know, and, and, and so he's saying, when I bring you back, mm-hmm. don't, you know, there's a lot of good things about God, a lot of great stuff that I, I will give you, mm. but understand it's not God's stuff. I, I'm, you know, he is God alone. Yeah. And that good stuff just points to him being good. Well, actually, and, and that's brilliant. And it goes on to say in Deuteronomy, uh, another warning, I think it's verse 17, Beware, lest you say in your heart, my power and might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. Right. And so we go from you know, having this wonderful provision from God and then forgetting that it's from God yeah. and then having forgotten that it's from God to believing we gave it to ourselves. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's, I mean, and, and it's so, so, it's such a slippery slope and you don't always realize that you're even doing it. Um, yeah. I mean, there's times, you know, we're pastors. It, there's times where, yeah, you know, I preached a sermon, you know, and I go, Man, I did a great job. Or, you know, it, you know those thank yous <laughs> yeah, come up. Oh, yeah, that was a great yeah. message. That was great. And you start thinking, you know, no one in this church can preach a good sermon Let's like just me. print out all the yeah. positive emails and roll around in them on our <laughs> beds. Right. Oh, that's right. going to be lovely. And it's like, wait a second. If God didn't give me this gift, if mm-hmm. God didn't open up the scriptures and give me those insights throughout the week, yeah. then I, you know, I would just go up there and be a buffoon for, for you know, 30 minutes. Right. Um, but it's so, so in, so if you can do that with a sermon, mm-hmm. I mean, you do it with anything because it's with human anything. nature. It's, yes. it's fallen nature, isn't it? Yeah. This is, this is all, this is all true. Mm. I think you could scale it up, you know, as well as looking at the individual, mm. look at a whole church, right? Like, like we do for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've talked often about money and, you know, um, kind of investments the church would have and, and endowments and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And the temptation is always to say, well, you know, if we could just put X million in mm. in the fund, then we would never need to worry about, you know, income again. Right. There are many, many churches that close with large amounts of money in the bank. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that Pittsburgh really is a great example of, you know, drive, drive around the city of Pittsburgh and mm-hmm. see all the beautiful churches mm. that no one goes to. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, maybe if you weren't building ivory towers, but you're putting money in the poor and you know, because you know, the, the open hand of the poor is the altar, which we make sacrifices to God. Mm. That's NT, right? That's not me, but <laughs> are you quoting an Anglican? Yeah. Qu- quoting an Anglican. Oh, man. Go, um, uh, but yeah, you know, and so I think that, that there's a level of man, once mm. you start, once this becomes an inward thing yeah, and we're about ourselves and this, and that's not to say church isn't community, but, the whole point is God's a God that reaches out and mm. invites the lost to have a seat at the table. Yeah. And once we stop doing that, you're in for a bad, just a, a bad run as a church. Yeah. And it's so easy just to slip into it. Just right. as soon as that comfort comes, mm-hmm. you, you find yourself just forgetting your need for God. Right. Then praising yourself. And then that's not attractive to anybody. Right. I think some of the, the most powerful most unfortunately, I guess the most answered prayers that I get are mm. when I pray to be uncomfortable. And, you know, like 
uh, uh, shepherds would will break a, a lamb's leg to keep it near it from keep it from running off. And so when it has its broken leg, it'll just hobble beside the shepherd. Huh. Um, and then once it's healed, it'll still just hobble beside the shepherd because that's what it it's knows. Learned. It's learned. And you know, there's been times I've said, "Lord, break my leg," because I just keep wondering in this area. Wow. And he answers that, unfortunately. Wow. That, that's what, if you want God to answer your prayer, guaranteed, tell him to break your leg in an area of, to say, God, I keep wandering into pride, wandering into lust, wandering into whatever. And he'll snap your leg and he'll keep you close. I think the fact that um, I'm so terrified about that prayer is real evidence that the idol is there. Right. Because if that idol was not there, I'd just be laughing and joking and agreeing and amening. Yeah, to what you just said, but it terrifies me. Right, because and and it and that's the sad thing. That's the lie of an idol. Mm. Is mm-hmm. what there's nothing that should be more more ter- the only terrifying thing in life should be being away from God. Right, that's what truly should be terrifying. Right, not any pain that brings me to Him. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's like the when Jesus calms the storm. You know, the, the, the reason that the disciples look foolish is it's better to be on a sinking boat with Jesus yes. in the driest day apart from him. On, on your own. Yeah. yeah. And it and and yet these idols call us mm. and say, no, 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 we, I'll give you safety. I'll give you security. I'll give you identity. And we think, oh, my gosh, if I leave that, then I'm going to be without security, without identity. And, you know, we have to surrender that. We have to get our legs broke sometimes, get uncomfortable. We should look a little bit at um, at comfort in Second Corinthians because mm. it's it's such a great passage. I've used I've used it a lot um, on on pastoral visits with people, um, which is is Second Corinthians one, two, three. Um, we can't go through the whole passage, mm-hmm. but just the words comfort, suffering, affliction they just get used over and over and over and over again. And I've found it helpful just to count on my fingers the number of times because you know the God of comfort who comforts us in affliction, affliction, mm-hmm. comfort, comfort. It's amazing to read uh, what it says here is blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of mercies and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all of our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves have been comforted by God. And it's a wonderful idea that the pattern of suffering and being healed by God, not God, the leg breaker now, but God, the, yeah. the kind of healer. Mm. Is, is is something that enables you then to come and show that healing and share that healing with other people right. who are in discomfort. Mm. God redeems discomfort. Yeah. And why is it we're so afraid of, of discomfort? Mm. It's because we have idols and we, we right. think those things are good. Yeah, and I think, I mean, you can even look to things in your human life mm-hmm. to see there were situations that you used to be comfortable and then you got in discomfortable situations yeah. and then you got comfortable in them, you know, and, and sometimes they're like good oh, things yeah. like, you know, so you used to hate going to the gym. Um, now, if I don't go to the gym for a couple of days, my, mm-hmm. my back actually hurts from not working out Interesting, like, because, you know, I'm a, I'm a little, I have some un, uh, unbalanced things. And so I have to really work my back out, mm. but it, you know, it used to be, well, man, my back hurt just cause I went to the gym Yeah, and now it's, you know, it just, it, it, aches to be away from it and i think for us sometimes when you're new to walking with the lord yeah this is an ache these are muscles that are weak and then yet you what you'll find is you're going to get 
used to this and mm-hmm. walking with the Lord, and then your your muscles will will ache to go back and to to be like, ah, oh, it's been so long since I've had a, a just a great prayer session of just just you know surrendering myself to the Lord. Let me go do that, man. You're really into Tom Wright at the moment because he says a lot of this stuff. <laughs> Does he? Yeah, 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 yeah. I I so my life. So I'm a single guy. So I mean, I wake up do you know my ministry work and then uh, i go to the gym and i'm listening to either john piper or tom wright and their lectures and they hate um, each other they hate each other i love them both <laughs> I'm me like, too yeah i know i think they're great <laughs> yeah you know and um, i just listen to lectures craig keener as well and things and oh, yeah. um audible you know get a lot of great books in so sometimes i i quote things i don't even know who i'm quoting it's not i'm not trying to rip people off it's just at a certain point, the books all run together. <laughs> Apparently, the, the thing that um, is most likely to end a ministry mm. uh, of all of the sins mm. is plagiarism. Unbelievably. Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And I think, like you say, it's so I can never remember who said what. Yeah. I mean, we, the number of people we've misquoted on this podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, you know, I, and I never like, intentionally plagiarize. Um, Good for you. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. but, you know there, there's definitely... Um, I think Steve Jobs said it, but I don't know. <laughs> it was Mike, wasn't it? <laughs> you know, but but I don't know exactly. But, he, but Steve Jobs said, um, "Good art, good art, good artists copy, great artists steal." And um, uh. you know, he was just like, "Look, if this is a great idea, take the great idea." Mm. And so, you know, uh, there's a lot of times in my church I'll say, "Well, you know, Tom Tom Wright said, or you know, John mm. Piper said, try to keep it to a minimum." But there's sometimes, hey, this is a great idea, and there's just no way I can even compete with it. But I do really believe in bathing your mind yeah. in those. These, I mean, it, yeah. we we've never lived in a world where I can turn on a YouTube lecture yeah. from a guy that is he is he Oxford or Cambridge? Which one? NT right? Uh, well, he was the Bishop of Durham. Bishop of Durham. Um, I don't know academically where he's seated. He was he, he was like one of the the prestige. I think it was Oxford. It's like. I can mm. get a lecture from a professor from Oxford just like that, just for free. Yeah, I mean that's never been available. I can go listen to the best pastors in Dallas and yeah. Minnesota and whatever. Yeah. What you know, and I think the alternative to that is, well, I just let the secular world's filth just run in my mind all the time, and it's like, nah, I'd rather <laughs> I'd rather just bathe my mind in, in that. Which is which is intriguing because, in a sense, and you know, careful analogy, but Jesus is basically doing that in the wilderness mm-hmm. because you can see that he's clearly yes. living out Deuteronomy eight. Yep, um, he's not flipping. Oh, oh hold on, you know, yeah. let, let me get to Deuteronomy. He, these are words on his tongue, especially Deuteronomy. Yeah, when you read that, and one of the things I've really become a big fan of is reading whole books of the Bible beginning to end. That's what I've been doing too. Yeah, yeah. that's actually how I got into not in just ministry, but how I really became more than a nominal Christian. Yeah. I, I read the gospel of John from the beginning to end, mm-hmm. closed the book and said, if that is who Jesus is, mm-hmm. I, I cannot call myself a Christian because th- this is different than, right. this isn't a Jesus with an American flag, you know, shooting guns. And th- that's how my Jesus was sort of presented to me. And it's like, this is a, a radically different Jesus. That's also the Jesus that was presented to us in the UK. Yeah, okay. We're like, yeah, because your cars are cool. And you know, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's really, really interesting, yeah. isn't it? Because he's definitely just living this uh, mm-hmm. simple, stripped-down life yes. with Deuteronomy as his companion. Yes. I mean, I've just got highlight here on, on my page. Um, be humbled uh, and... Uh, he let you hunger and, and fed you with manna, which is sort of bread from heaven, mm. which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, 
that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone. Mm. And there's the bit that Jesus quotes. Right. It's not your stuff that is yeah. going to get you through. Right. It is the provision of God. Right. And uh, your clothing did not wear out on you. Your foot did not swell, <laughs> which is so cool. I mean, that's, that's so earthy right mm-hmm. there. You would, right? I mean, if you're walking around in the desert for 40 years, your foot would right. swell. 100%. And that would really hurt. Yep. And and I think that's the interesting thing, you know, so we we, we shouldn't put God to the test, but mm-hmm. I, I do really believe like when I honor God with my money or I honor God with sacrificing my pride, how he, he responds to that and honors that. Like, you well, know, he doesn't need then to trash your money. Right. If it's not an idol. Yep. I mean, a good God yep. would, would, would look, if you have a problem with an idol and he loves you, mm-hmm. a good God would get, get rid of it. Yes. Um, so whether you're asking that break my leg thing or not, mm. a good God is going to come and do it anyway. Yes. That lamb never asked the shepherd <laughs> to do it. Yes. So, so God is so a great way actually mm-hmm. to, um, to to be, to be in good shape mm-hmm. is actually just not to worship the the thing. Yeah, and it's a lot easier to to choose to say, okay, mm. I'm sacrificing this idol, than for God to come and to to rip it away. Yeah, and which He know, will do. If he loves you. Yep. He, he 100% he will. And so, you know, be, I think you know, his wrath is going to come on that idol. And it's mm. like, you need to clear the area. You need to get away from that. Yeah. Because yeah. if otherwise you're, you're going down with it. And I mean, that's yeah. really, you know, in, in terms of salvation, I mean, if, if you're lost, if you, you know, die and go to hell, it's you, you join that idol on the way to its destination. Mm. And, you know, the call is to repent, to say, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm disassociating myself. I, I renounce Satan. Yeah. I renounce this idol. I, I'm, I'm joining the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, like, like you're saying, a good God will, you know, and, and perhaps a way to be comfortable, you know, in a, in a good godly sense is to just say, God, I'm, I'm letting go of everything else. And I'm only going to hold to you and whatever you put in my hands, I'll take, but I'm going to hold it with an open hand. I mean, that little noise Mm. means that the Los Yetis that sings our tune approved of what you said. (laughs) They only show up when they like what they hear. It's a crescendo, folks. Thank you. Love it. The Justinian crescendo. That's wonderful. Thanks for joining me. Really appreciate having you on. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's been great. This has been a podcast of Christchurch Fox Chapel and also many other churches in Cranberry. (laughs) Thanks. We'll see you all very soon. God bless.